0: Hello and welcome to Kyle and Cody Radio. I am uh, Kyle here and with I am Cody and uh, we're at the edge of the apocalypse. At the edge of the apocalypse. At always. all times. And today we are talking about a topic that I know and love and that topic is love. And so we we Cody and I have talked about this topic many times. Mm. Um, this has becomes a I feel like we nature. should have Barry White. As the intro music, that would have uh, been better, right? May, maybe we'll that kind see. of love is it. What are we talking about? We're talking about the concept of love, Christian oh. love, brotherly oh. love, romantic love, mm. all love. Because yeah. the Bible says, 1 John four 8, God is love. God is love. But what does that mean? That's I think people get that confused with what society says is love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I preached a message a couple weeks ago, uh, as we're recording this, about love, and I've heard I've talked to quite a few people afterwards that were like, "Wow, this kind of really like." change my view of love because society tells us that love is a feeling or emotion. But scholars in society don't tell you love is a feeling or emotion because feelings are are things are are passing and anything can be a feeling. And emotions, there's only six basic emotions. Do you know what the six basic emotions are?
1: I don't, but I do know that the American Psychological Society does not it's register
0: love as an emotion. Sadness, disgust, um Boredom, I think, is one. And there's like six of them. I don't know. how to pull Boredom. I think boredom. Well, the <laughs> boredom is I'm not I'm looking at this. Up. I'm looking at this up right now. Boredom, they're all negative, like except for happiness. So the six basic emotions, um, you know, so ang- like those are the things that we experience. I think anger is one. And, uh, you know, I had a whole thing for a Sunday. The six basic
1: emotions, uh, uh, the model of basic emotions by Ekman states that fear, anger, joy, fear. sadness, contempt, and disgust and surprise.
0: Yep, those are those are the six basic emotions. Guess what's not in there? But they 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 changed it, right? They, so they changed it because they it is the six, right? They they That's took the off. Six. Yeah. Sometimes there's another one, but it's ne- there's never love. Love is not one. Mm-hmm. Love is not a basic emotion. Uh, and I would agree with that actually. Like love is not an emotion. So when we say to people, love is not a feeling or emotion. Love is a choice. That is because even modern scientists who don't follow the Bible won't even tell you that love is an emotion. Exactly, because it's not. And so, feelings. The problem is, we could say feelings, but I mean, I feel sick. I feel hungry. I feel angry. Feelings are just something that are, that we make up based on how our body is perceiving something. Feelings are not defined because they can change, and we could. We could say that I feel upset, but I'm actually just hungry. We, feelings are confused, easily confused because they don't actually have a nature. They're they're kind of a physical response, um, mental response to stimuli. But that love is not one of those things. Love is actually a choice, and so we talked about in scripture how love is not a feeling or an emotion because feelings can be so um, kind of changeable and really. Uh, your feelings can be different than my feelings, about the exact same thing because, like, it's it's our res- physical, our mental, our emotional response to something, to a stimuli that's not the same for everyone. Where emotions, the six basic emotions, love is not categorized in that. And so that's where we're at. So what is love? God is love. And so what does that look like? Love is choice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we both have counseled couples, dating, married, otherwise, and I think the the a common core thread that pops up over and over and over again is the the feeling the feeling topic, right? Like I'm feeling this way or I'm feeling this way, right? And and a lot of times their happiness is determined by their feelings, right? right. And so whether or not they're content in their marriage, their dating relationship, whether they're content in their Interpersonal relationships or family relationships is often tied to how they feel about the people around them, right? Instead of making commitments, all right, making a choice to people, a lot of times what people do is they they determine how they treat other people based on how they're feeling, right?
0: Yeah, and like my happiness could be based on if I'm hungry or not, mm-hmm. but that doesn't that doesn't make it have to do with love, right? So, I mean, so that's like all those all those emotions that we experience also have to go with those outside stimuli, which and we process it in different ways. I can be happy even though things are bad because, you know, that's what, how emotions work. So love is something that we choose. We choose how we feel. And I choose to love my wife. I choose to every day. I could choose to love someone else tomorrow. I could. Mm-hmm. I could make that choice. <clears throat> That's because love is a choice. I could just wake up one day and decide I don't love my wife anymore and I want to love someone else. That happens all the time. That's the world we live in. And there's a lot of people in society that push like if you don't if you don't feel happy, you should just not love that person. Right, anymore. because
1: pursuit of self, yeah. pursuit of personal happiness has become the the prime the directive, for right? Society, yeah. It's the prime directive. It's like, if I don't feel good about this, then it's not good for me. Well, that's not true at all. I don't feel good about working out in the midst of it, but it's good for me, right? right. I don't feel good about eating healthy food sometimes because they're gross, but they're good for me. Like, sometimes what feels like it's not good for you is the thing that you need to get through Whatever you're going through to be healthier on the other side of it. So when it comes down to it, the people that decide that they're not going to choose love and commitment to one another often find themselves on the other side of unhappiness because what they've done is they've decided that they're not going to choose that they're going to that they're going to choose to not love or that they're going to base love on their emotions or their, their current state.
0: Right. And when we look at love, love is a choice that we make. And the Bible tells us the greatest commandment is to love God and love others, which means to choose God and to choose others before yourself. I mean, Scripture tells us that we're supposed to honor others before ourselves. We're supposed to outdo showing honor and love to others before ourselves. We're supposed to treat others better than we want to be treated. That's what love is. It's choosing others first and finding our happiness in loving other people. And so I do believe that any couple in a relationship can Work through any disaster that has beset them, mm-hmm. any issue that comes up, if they choose love, because love is a choice that you make. It is not a feeling or an emotion. It's a choice. I decide who I love, how I love them, when I love them, and if I love them. I make that choice.
1: And the other thing is, like, one of the things I had to learn early on in my marriage, I'm I'm adopted. So, like, for me, love being a choice, love being a choice is a tough concept, but also kind of an easy one, but it makes you on the other end feel like you have the license to do whatever you want. Like, so in the beginning of my marriage with Bethany, it was like, she can't go anywhere. She has to love me. That's what she committed to, right? And so I would do things, I would do things that were harmful to my wife, that were selfish, that were about me, all because I knew that I had the protection net that, that somebody else was committed to it as well. Well, that's not actually, that's not actually what committing to love looks like. Committing to love means that you're, you're the commitment the commitment in love is that you're going to put those person's needs, like you're talking about, like selfishness. Like, like you're going to put those person's needs ahead of your own mm-hmm. at all times, and that's where you're going to derive – your. The, that's where the emotions come. Like when my, my wife is most happy or most satisfied in our marriage is when I'm most happy and most satisfied. Because I've taken the time to put her first, to put her needs first. Right.
0: right? Same with your kids, Like, 'cause yeah, you're choosing to love kids. them. Yeah. Like you can choose not to love your kids. You can choose to love your kids. Like you can. Like it's not like this innate biological thing that you have to love your kids. Yeah. They're your offspring, so you feel connected to them. But you can choose not to. I, so we see people parents do all the time. Like that's that's what we work through with families in, in counseling, is that like they just they're at a point where they don't feel like they love someone and and it really becomes so they just made a choice to stop loving someone because of pain hurt whatever selfishness and so understand the biblical concept of love is choice like we choose to love others we choose to set aside our selfish nature and we choose to live for others we choose to set aside our selfishness and live for christ and when we do that that's what love looks like and the god that is love and defines love just wants us to love others and choose to love him and so part of that love and choice is obedience god tells us how to love others in his word i mean he tells us like if you if you want to show me that you love me obey my commandments obey my laws you know do as i've told you to do and so that's what love looks like is obeying the the description of love set down in scripture for us which is to put others first and put god you know god first others and then us like joy jesus others you i love that acronym and that's what love looks like if we choose jesus and then others and then ourselves we are exhibiting love to the world and we're choosing to love others we can do that in a marriage with our kids with our friends with our enemies we can choose love so talk to me a little bit about like submissiveness, right? So we hear we hear
1: the term submit in the Bible a lot, right? When it, when we're talking about um marriage, when we're talking about friendship. So what what does that look like? Cuz I think a lot of times when people hear the word submit, they think of like I'm going to become a doormat for somebody else. Is that is that really is that an accurate I mean, the take word, on the, the Bible? word
0: submit is usually taken as a negative connotation in our society cuz we're selfish. I shouldn't submit to anyone cuz I should only do what I want. Mm-hmm. But the idea of submitting to others is, is choosing love. Like, if I if I love others uh, and treat them the way that I want to be treated, I'm submitting to them in the hopes that they will also choose to submit back to me with love and kindness and all the things, encouragement, grace, all the things we're told to in Scripture. And so it's a mutual idea of submission is what marriage is, but it's also a friendship. like. You don't want to be the friend who's always giving, 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 giving. You want to be the friend in a relationship where you're mutually choosing to show each other love, uh, admiration, respect, th- uh, thanks, um, appreciation, all those things. That's that's how you know you're in a genuine loving friendship, just like it would be in a genuine loving romantic relationship. Is that both people are choosing to love each other better than they would even treat and love themselves.
1: I, there's this thing Bethany and I like to do with our interpersonal relationships with other people, and we'll talk about it with one another. But we like to evaluate our relationships based on if this person weren't in my life, what would I be missing out on? Like, right? Like, so think of it this way: like, if if for you and I, Kyle, like if you weren't in my life, what I what would I be missing out on? Well, like wise counsel, the the camaraderie, the friendship, the things that. The things that make our our relationship together unique and special that nobody else in the world, right? I, nobody else in the world is Kyle, right? So, like, if I evaluate it and I go, okay, also look at this. Like, what do I bring to the table in that friendship and that relationship Is it equal? Is it close to equal? Are we both putting the same kind of effort? I think you really quickly figure out what kind of friends you really have and the kind of relationships that surround you. And what I think happens a lot of times is people are chasing the high of the feeling that they would call love. That's really just infatuation. And so what'll happen is one of two things. Either they will they will run through people, use and abuse them, right? Where they it's like, oh, I've got all these relationships, all these friendships, and all these people love me, right? And they don't give Two hoots about what happens to those people. Mm-hmm. Or the other side, they will become they will become a completely different person to match whoever they're pursuing to be in relationship with, regardless of if that person puts that kind of effort in or not. Right. Right. And so what happens is both sides lose themselves. The healthy balance in the middle is being okay with who you are. And making sure that the relationships you engage with are mutually beneficial, right? That if you decide that you're going to commit to somebody in love as a friend, as romantic or whatever, that the the effort is equal. That you're both pursuing the best for each other, not the best for yourself or the best for just the best for that person and they're not
0: doing anything else. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So as Eminem would say, lose yourself in the moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> um, it's as we, as we embrace love, we have to understand that um, for people who follow Christ, love is, is really the deep understanding that we have an instruction guide for, which is scripture that the world is missing. People are missing love because they don't know God. They don't know the God that that sent love in the form of his son to die for us, to sacrifice everything for us, to to set aside all selfishness, to choose us over his own happiness, his own remaining years he could have had on this earth. God chose that and gave us that. That is what that self-sacrificial love is what we are called to do. That is what choice is. We choose to self-sacrifice our life, our will for the good and benefit of others and the kingdom that's love. And when we do that in marriage, we sacrifice for our spouse. We do that with our kids. We sacrifice for our kids. And we do that knowing that that's what love looks like. And so if I want to know if I'm loved, I look around to see if the people around me are sacrificing to, to treat me better, to help me out. Like, and if they're doing those things, then I know people are choosing love. But when, when it's, you know, love should be easy because you should set aside, but sometimes love is hard. Like, yeah, it can be easy. It's sometimes easy to do nice things for people when you feel connected to them. But it is oftentimes hard. You have to do nice things for people when you don't feel connected to them, when you feel like they're enemies. That's when love becomes a real choice, a real difficult choice for people is when you have to love those who mistreat you. Well, what do we do when Jesus says, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me, right? Like,
1: this is like, if we say we love Jesus... Well, then, that means we do the things that he has instructed us to. So, when he says things like "whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me," well, think about what you do for the least of these. The least of these is not just the homeless people on the side of the street. Like the least of these is the people that you don't want to associate with, the people you don't want to be around, the people who you're you're not excited about, right? So, what like so, what does that look like, right? What does it look like when when I say, "Okay, I need to love my enemies." That means I'm going to make the choice and the commitment that I'm going to treat my enemies with respect mm-hmm. and kindness, regardless of what they do to me. Like, the, but the thing is, it's it's the, we got to get even society, right? We That's what yeah. we live in, right? Well, they did this to me, so I have the right to do it to them. Well, no, what you have the right to do is to love the least of these, like, you're you're treating them the way that you would treat Jesus in your house, like an honored guest. Respected we don't actually have the right to mistreat people. Like, no.
0: when we look at scripture. We don't have the right to mistreat people. We Never. think we do because society is broken and sinful and tells us we have the right to treat people however we want to treat. If I'm mad at the lady at the drive-through, I could just be mean to her because I feel mad. I had a bad day. I'm hungry. Like we don't have the right to do that. That's not love. That's we don't actually have that. When we do that, we're actually going against scripture. We have the right to do what we ought to do. Mm-hmm. That's the right that we have. That's what the freedom we have in Christ is, the right to do what we ought to do. Um, There's a choice that we can make to not do it, but we have the right to do the good thing, to make the right choice. That's love, living it out for each other. And I do believe that any relationship can be restored through love, through choice. You can choose to set aside the sins of the past and forgive each other and move on. You can set aside the sins of the future because you're going to hurt people. People are going to hurt you. And you can choose love with any relationship, friendship, romantic, family, enemy, whatever, you can choose love. And the way to do that is understand what love looks like lived out for you through Jesus and through God sending his son, and then beginning to change your mindset, change your heart, to live out love for others. And so if you don't know how to do that and you listen to this podcast, that's what the church is for. We we want to help you. Get in a Bible study, get in life group, get in a, in a just, just an opportunity to do uh, daily devotions through the Bible app, connect with us, have coffee with us as one of the pastors and staff here. And just say, hi, I'm struggling with this understanding of love. But I, when I sit down with counseling, I mean, I've been through some rough things with people. And I've seen people, like, totally transform their relationship, which makes me know, like, love is real. The choice, love being a choice is real. And when people choose it, it's amazing how transformative it can be. Yeah. Love lived out as a feeling or emotion that doesn't exist. It's chaos. Because every day I feel different. Like, I had a headache today. Like, you know, I had a headache last night. Does that mean I don't love my wife because my head hurts? No. Um, but for some people, that's the way it is. Well, we, I just don't feel right the last week or so, so maybe we're not in love anymore. That's, that doesn't even make sense. Um, but that's what society tries to tell us because society is wrong. It's broken. And we need to turn to the, the God's word, which has been around for thousands of years and has guided life, that love is choice. 1 John 4, 8, God is love. We choose him. We choose others above ourselves. And when we do that, life's better. Marriage is better. Family's better. Your job's better. The world's better and all those things.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love that you were talking about 1 John because the you said 1 John 4, 8, and uh, 1 John 5, 3 says, for this is the love of God to obey his commands, for they are not burdensome, which I think is so cool because when you put it in the frame of reference of like God is love, and they say to obey God's commands is to love God because they're not burdensome. They're not saying that like what the verse is not implying is that it's easy to do all the things that God has asked. What it's implying is that when you love the Lord, it becomes easier to take on the tasks that he has assigned to you. It's, it becomes easier to do things out of humility. It becomes easier to do those things. So, so I guess like, you know, as we talk about, you know, we wrap up, we talk about love. I think it becomes easier to do the things God has called you to do, the more that you you live your life to love and serve Him, instead of your own pursuits and your own passions.
0: Let me say this: this is maybe uh, this is an idea I have. Um, I think unselfish love is easy. Selfish love is very difficult, and um, I think selfishness gets in the way of of genuine love. Don't you think? So say that again. I think selfish Unselfish love is easy. Selfish love is hard. Yeah, very. It's so. very difficult. It's hard. It's hard to take out the trash when you you're being selfish. Like, oh, I just want to watch this movie. Or, I want to finish this. It's it's hard to go pick your kids up uh, from an event when you got to work late. Well, I really got to work late because I, I, if I don't do this, my boss can get mad. And, like, I don't want to pick you up. It's it's the moment it becomes about you. It's selfish love unselfish love is is easy. It's never burdensome. Like, you know, if someone calls you that you genuinely love and says, Hey, I need help with this. And you're like, Oh yeah, I'll be there. I'll help you out. That's easy. When, when you're being selfish, it's make it, it's very difficult to love. And I think selfish love is what we society tries to tell us to do and and encourage us to live out. And that's very difficult. And I think the problem is a lot of our people uh, in churches all across the world live very selfish love. And that's why love is hard. And when love is unselfish, it is easy. It's not burdensome. The Bible is very clear in First John, and we need to choose unselfish love. If you're struggling with that, reach out to us. Any last yeah. thoughts?
1: No, I mean, just, you just talking about unselfish love. It's like when you when you shift your focus from you to God, all right, or you to the other person, it makes it easy for you to
0: do the things that you need to do. Right. Right. Well, thanks. Well, this is love defined by God. It is not burdensome. It's easy, yeah. it's unselfish, it's choosing others over yourself, and it's understanding love is choice. It's obedience to God's word lived out for others. Yeah. If Thanks you've
1: made listen. it this far, make sure that you uh, like, subscribe, and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and more. And uh, take a, make, make sure that you go follow us on social at Hoddlestrong uh, That is H-O-T-L-STRONG, at HODLSTRONG.